but we're much better than what we showed against them, and this is what we're going to show them to the 90 plus podcast here's your host ben rigetti and sebastian pereira all right welcome to episode 32 of the 90 plus podcast i'm ben rigetti joined by my co-host sebastian pereira we've got a lot to bring you today on this one this is our first episodes uh, of the whitecaps offseason the first real episode uh, I should say, episode 31. We were joined by Josh Griffith of the Sports Talk Line. We played some drinking Whitecaps uh, trivia, sort of Jeopardy sort of game show, a fun way to wrap up a not-so-fun year of covering the Whitecaps. So that was a good time. Go check that out, episode 31. Uh, meanwhile, episode 32, we, and by we, myself, and my co-host Sebastian, lots to talk about. Uh, we're going to be breaking down, you know, this really just, wacky and weird start to the MLS playoffs, Uh, taking a look at what was said in the Whitecaps year and the media availability, a lot of information coming out of that one there, so we're definitely going to be touching on that in a little bit. And then we're just sort of going to take a look at sort of position by position, talk about what we saw throughout the year, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, moving into 2021, how it might look different. So that's how we're going to wrap up the show. Um, Yeah, Sebastian, uh, you've been feeling a little under the weather lately, so you know we're glad to see that you're up and you're, uh, you know, you're 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 good to record this one because it's a fun one. We've got some good stuff planned. Yeah, no, always always good to be back. You know, I, I missed it. I missed it a lot. It's been 11 days since we last recorded a pod, so great to be back. And um, thankfully, I'm back to full full health as well. Uh, put me in, coach, as they would say. I'm back to full health, so back 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 to. It's going to be a great episode, and wow, those those playoffs have, have kept us really, really, like, entertained, not going to lie. And we're only, like, what, four games in? Craziness, absolute craziness, man. Insane. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, obviously, this is a Whitecaps podcast, a 90-plus podcast, uh, at 90-plus podcast on Twitter. Go check us out on there if you're not already. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been uh, – we're going to take a short break from the Whitecaps – uh, to talk about something the Whitecaps haven't been in for the last couple of years, the MLS playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's harsh, but it's, it's the truth, you know. You can't we get be, used to it now. We get used yeah, to it you, you know, We can't beat around the bush. Um, so, I mean, it's we we'll recap on whatever the hell happened in that Orlando game in just a minute. Um, Montreal, unfortunately, maybe unfortunately, depending on your stance on our Canadian rivals, uh, didn't make it past uh, the first round. They had... New England, close game, but a 95th minute winner, I do believe. 90 plus five minutes. Um, you yes, know, that's, that's where it'll get you. 90 plus, anything past the 90, that's going to get you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a tough pill to swallow for uh, the impact, Seb. Yeah, for sure. And I, for one, was quite gutted to see the impact go out, honestly. And I mean, you and I both had the chance to go and see them in person this year. And they honestly looked like a really good team. Oh, yeah. Uh, in that first Montreal game at BC Place, I thought they looked really good. And, uh, and yeah, I was, I was gutted for them. I mean, Kyoto, we know what a force he is. Um, he was so good in the game. Obviously got the, the tying goal there for Montreal. But in the end, New England just had that little bit more quality with Carlos Hill and Gustavo Bo. 
they're, they just, they're just such a possession-based team now under Bruce Arena, and it was, it was such a nice game to watch as well because you never really knew who would come away with the win. New England were so possession-based, and they had quite a lot of chances at times. Diop made a couple huge saves, but Montreal can always hit you on the counter with their never pace. So count them out. Never count them out. Um, I, 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 for one, take myself to blame because, like, I at times would be like, Montreal on paper look like a really good team, but once they get out on that field, Thierry Henry, pardon me, I'm going to have a lot of moments there in this episode where I'm kind of choking up, <laughs> but it's all good. Um, where Thierry Henry can get his guys playing football and good counterattacking football. So it was, I was gutted to, mm-hmm. to see Montreal go out, honestly. I have a couple of Arsenal fans who are friends, so at least a Thierry Henry crashing out early, uh, you know, it's a little part of me was smiling. Uh, you know, regardless, it's, you know, we, you know, we want to see Canadian teams succeed and it'd be nice for every once in a while for it not to be Toronto. Um, I'd prefer the Whitecaps, but if it's going to be Montreal, oh, yeah. kind of take 100%. that, uh, take that torch, then so be it. But I guess not this year. Uh, Toronto, obviously they got the bye. Uh, now, uh, what was it? oh, and then it was the Nashville game, uh, Nashville against uh, Miami. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, three nil. I'm 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 blanking on the name, but whoever scored that first Nashville goal, good God, what a strike! Randa Leal, the Costa Rican, just pure, just lazy, like, and that's I mean, good. Lo- I mean, the amount of times I'm going to say that's what I want to see from the Whitecaps over the next ten minutes. It's going to be a lot, um, but I mean, just someone just to pick up the ball, not afraid. I mean, how many? I mean, really, once until Cavallini kind of found his confidence once he went down to Portland. Uh, I mean, how many times are we just begging for him or for someone to shoot from, you know, 25 yards just to test the keeper, make it all seem competitive? And, I mean, you can't – I mean, I know it's the Wayne Gretzky in a hockey quote, but you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And, I mean, like, that's a, that's a shot that, as any neutral football fan will tell you, that just gets the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. Just what a beautiful strike of the ball. You just wish that Roy Hodgson was behind that call, honestly, like just to commentate that goal and just the insanity he'd come up with. It's it's one of those moments where it's just like such a pure strike and you're just like, wow, like give me more. And you're so right on that, Ben. Like this Whitecaps team doesn't shoot enough. They didn't shoot enough this season at all outside the box. They haven't shot enough in the last four years. but In the last four years. We'll get to that. We'll get they to haven't that. shot enough to make it to the playoffs in the last four years. <laughs> it hurts. It's the truth. <laughs> yeah. um, we only speak facts here in the Nightly Post podcast, by the way. So. <laughs> That's a lie. That's completely a lie. <laughs> uh, we have BS our way through many a conversation. Uh, <laughs> um, and then moving on today, it was New York and um, Columbus. Correct? Yes, it was Columbus. Yeah. 3-2 um, win for Columbus. No, no. I, I want to say no surprises there. Yeah. I, it, was I an, think, it was an interesting game. But. It was an interesting game, but I think for me, Columbus is definitely one of the stronger teams in the East. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, they, I've, if I recall correctly, about with a, a few games before the season concluded, they were your pick to come out of the East, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir, they were. Oh, look um, at the memory on me. <laughs> nice. Thinking nice. back weeks and weeks now. Good Lord. <laughs> months and months. Where's <laughs> um, the lies? Yeah. They're the lies. <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay. No. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, Columbus, one of my favorite teams to watch in the past, I'd say four years. <laughs> Do they um, shoot the ball, would you say? <laughs> they shoot the ball for sure. They oh, cross the sure. ball as well, which is so nice to see. They got they got a system laid down. 
uh, in Ohio there in Columbus. It's it's such a nice system to watch the way they get their fullbacks up the field and the dynamic wingers they have, uh, the 10 they have, and Lucas Delorean. He's taken over the place of uh, Federico Hewine, and he's done really well this season there. And Jesse Zarda is just he's, – he's so good at all the little things, at all the runs he makes. He's really good at that. And I, I think they're going to be a, a really good team to watch, and they're going to be a contender for MLS Cup. And finally, um, you know, the money match from earlier this afternoon. We are recording this on Saturday night, so most likely will be Sunday by the time you guys are hearing this. That Orlando City game. Sebastian, I'll let you take the reins on this one because it's been close. It's been about 10-ish hours or so, and I'm still wrapping my head around it. No, it's – it was – I mean, I'm speechless <laughs> to talk about that. Like, I've been speechless for the last 10 hours on that game, not going to lie. It's, it was insane. Like, it, it, there's no outright explanation you can make for that specific game. It was just absolute craziness, absolutely chaotic. It was – I think it's probably the best penalty shootout I've watched in my entire league, I think. Would you say that's better than the, thir- the, the three-post shootout? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> shout out to our, our uh, friend of the show Ben Steiner with that one hopefully he's listening <laughs> <laughs> double post it's double post Ben <laughs> double post. Um, uh, but Steiner, it, I, I think it was I think it was just so much better because the fact that you have this crazy I'm, I'm gonna swear you have this crazy ass incident <laughs> are you kidding me Sebastian come on uh, you can say ass. crazy let's count how many times we say ass on this podcast (laughs) crazy ass um incident where pedro gallesa the peruvian international steps off his line and saves the which which, was what was supposed to be the winning penalty in no way shape or form can any referee that is verified and considered a league official call that coming off of your line. I know that, uh, I mean, the Whitecaps saw that. I think it was in the San Jose game that we won 2-1. Uh, Evan Bush came off of his line uh, to save a penalty. Uh, and then... Ooh, LAFC. LAFC, LAFC. LAFC. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that one a bit more obvious. But I mean, this one today, and I, I, there was several situations in the Nashville game as well. MLS officials... I, I I don't want to point fingers because I know you guys are doing a better job than I could, but you, a, a long, cold look in the mirror needs to be done from the MLS referees. I'm sorry. There's been several situations over the last 48 hours of playoff football. It's not beginning of the season, shaking off the cobweb sort of stuff anymore. It's the meat of the season. It's the big money games. You know, you can't be coming up with some of the calls and missing some of the calls that have happened over the last 48 hours. But that's, um, you know, we're here to talk about what happened on the field, not with the referees, so. <laughs> it was crazy, and I, I think it was really confusing, the fact that the referees, you know, came out and um, handled the situation. I do give them credit for, you know, like, sticking to the rules because that's what they did at the end of the day. They, they like, stuck to the rules as much as they could. And to an outsider, it may seem like, what in the world is going on here? So you're calling me an outsider, Sebastian? No, 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 no. I'm not calling. <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I think there's been like yeah. absolute 
Yes, that's been called in the last 48 hours as Ask well. Ask calls, but... you could say. You could say the calls. <laughs> <laughs> you could yeah, say yeah. it. <laughs> I could say it, yeah. Um, but it, I think you have to commend the referees because we're not them. So they, they're, like, they're obviously on the mic and they're talking with their guys at, at pro. Um, so they know what's going on and they're trying to do their best, but they just caused a lot of chaos at the end of the day. So it was a tough situation, but moving on, um, I think it was – I think it was definitely, like, the big thing for me was, like, seeing a defender, you know, have to come onto the field and, you know, put on the jersey in a penalty shootout. Right in the after playoffs. The card in, in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Like, that's a <laughs> win. Like, if you lose that penalty, if you lose that penalty shootout with the defender in that, and, you know, it's a crappy way to end your season. You could say it's an ass way to end your season. Um, but, yeah. you know, whichever <laughs> way you want to look at it, whichever way you want to look at it, it's – that's a tough pill to swallow. And, but the expectations, luckily for the defender, is as low as they can be because no one is expecting him to make any impact in this shootout. So all, all he can do is impress people. If he lets the goal in, you know, everyone's going to say he's a defender, crappy way to lose the season. Of what they else. blame it on the ref. Like, the Orlando yeah, fans exactly. Blame it on the ref. But for someone who has... The, that is the literal definition for him personally, nothing to lose. And mm-hmm. just to step up, you like, you, you love to see it. Like, I'm not even like, I've said this it. a lot and I, I've said it in like jokingly manners before, but like, as a fan of the game, as a backup goalkeeper from my time playing as a youth, like you, <laughs> like that, no, it's, it's incredible to see. And as a, no, any, sure. any sports fan, you, you loathe for situations like that. In the playoffs, that makes it 10 times better. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and Rod- the reality is now that Rodrigo Schlegel has written his name into MLS history with that, say, with what he did today. Absolutely mm-hmm. insane. Um, I think, I think no one knew who, except like obviously for Orlando fans and a couple of people here and there. But obviously, no one knew about him. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's even on a loan to Orlando. I may be, I may be mistaken on that. But nobody knew about this guy. Every, everyone just kind of thought of him as like a deaf center back. And now all of a sudden, he's like the hero for this team. And it's insane, like the way he pulled off that say really close one. But then the fact that he comes in and saves one, especially after Nani misses, like the potential winning kick as well. And, it, and like, like it's not like he is like Orlando City's guy. He is like there, you know. Yeah. Not, once you, once, once Kaka left, money, I would bet yeah. money on Nani to put that PK home. No cap. Me too. If I was a betting man, which I'm not. Um, <laughs> But no, like it's it's like he's like the figure, you know, he's the face of the organization. Ever since Kaka left, they brought in Nanny, and you know he's he's the big shiny DP. He's the one that everyone's getting the jerseys of, and everything. He's a legend. Yeah, he's a, he's literally a legend. And the and you, you know, and it's a penalty. You know, obviously you, you know, Messi, Ronaldo, they all miss penalties. You know, we miss penalties. You know, whatever. But like, you know, it's just, it, like this. It, is, you couldn't have written it any better. The fact that, that is, he misses a penalty. Took the words come out of my mouth. Took the words from my mouth. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Uh, Sorry, my bad, my bad. <laughs> no, no, I'm praising you. Um, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was... Uh, God, what it a way to, I, It's only Saturday. There's games tomorrow. Like, it's been... What else could happen? Like, like this is, I, th- I don't think any... patience here. Anything beats the level of MLS playoffs. Not gonna no. lie, like anything can happen in these playoffs, oh. and it's I'm I'm all here for it. I love MLS. <laughs> well, 
unfortunately, we got to retract a little bit to the Whitecaps, who we're hoping will be in the 2021 playoffs. Um, Axel Schuster certainly thinks that they will be. Uh, so yeah, let's dive into the, uh, the year-end media session. Um, you know, lots of things coming out of there. Uh, you're, you know, a couple of key points. Sebastian's best friend, Freddie Montero. It seems like at the very least, the Whitecaps want him to stick around and they're making an effort. Um, I don't know the exact quote here off by heart. Um, let me see if I can pull it up quickly. I don't think I will. Um, no, but, um, from the sound of the press conference, Vancouver want him in the roster in 2021. You know, they're going out there, they're pushing for him to kind of, you know, be another member of the Whitecaps. They want him sticking around in the locker rooms. Uh, Even if, you know, he's not starting next year, they still want him on the team. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think Montero's completely made up his mind. Um, If he has, then he's doing a good job at hiding it. Um, But yeah, no, I think, at least for me, and I'm sure this struck a personal chord for you, I, it, it certainly looks like, but at the very least, the Whitecaps are making an attempt to bring Montero back in 2021. Yeah, and I, I think the question going into the Axel Schuster press conference with Mark DeSantos was, um, does the club want to bring Freddie back? Uh, is that something they are really prioritizing for the offseason? Um, and from the vibes we got from the press conference, it seems like they really do want to bring him back, as you said. So now it basically lies on the hands of Montero to say, okay, am I willing to take a pay cut and stay here and, you know, maybe sit on the bench for probably 80% of the games next season or 60%, who knows? But mm-hmm. um, he's, 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 he's got to decide. And they, the club said they're talking with Freddie's agent right now about, where to go about with the situation, what's best for him. And and you're so right, Ben. Like he's been completely quiet on social media. You know, it's all it's all family oriented, which obviously is a big want, right? a deciding factor. A, a big thing right now as well, because I mean you come back to your family after what, two months in Portland. Yeah. Uh, barely seen seeing them at all this year. And uh Montero has two young daughters as well. So he's 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 missing their their growth, right? So it, it obviously hurts. And um, he's a guy that wants to, you know, lay down right now, uh, get get the girls, you know, into a proper school and like give them that consistency of life that like everyone has, you know, like mm-hmm. that non-professionals have. Like, um, yeah. So it it's a tough decision, um, and I, I I it hits the personal chords for sure. Like I want him to stay, and I think the Whitecaps would benefit so much from it because he's he's a mobile guy. He can give you a different option if Cavallini's out injured next season potentially, or if, if he's not getting you the goals and maybe he gets benched for whatever reason, uh, you put him on Terry, a guy who's more mobile in a sense that can, you know, dribble a bit more. He can be creative as well, get guys involved. And obviously having him with a number 10, I feel would be really dangerous. I feel like that'd be like really dangerous. Yeah. Um, but it, he's obviously got to take a pay cut. And Freddie Montero is a guy who, who thinks he's like, he's here, right? He's yeah, a class above. And, um, you can, for those of you, because we you can't see, but Sebastian held up his hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You class know. above. Yeah, he thinks he's a class above, so he thinks he needs a pay raise, mm-hmm. or like he he wants to have like a, a heftier wage than yeah. most around him. So, yeah. which is now, fair, you know, you you you, you, you impact the team as much as he did in the second half of the year. You're going to look around and say, look, at the set of the team right now, I'm one of the better players. Uh, and, you know, he's a humble, you know, kind of quietish guy. He's not going to straight up 
you know, storming the locker room, like, I want more money or, you know, whatever. that's not how he's going to do things. He's mm-hmm. professional. He's a gentleman. It seems like he's a good guy. So, you know, he's, um, he's not, he's so, but, you know, you look at the production he's uh, produced, especially in the second half of the year, once he found form, once Dahomey started to click, once Cavallini started scoring goals, uh, you know, you just look at the players that like, he makes other players better, um, which is a factor that you can't, getting a lot i don't want to say in a lot of players but it's rare to see someone mm-hmm. you know do that and just to you know drag teams kind of upwards and forwards and it's it's a good look for vancouver you know they played better with him on the field than when he was on the bench so and you and you look at like looking back at the mls's back games and um fast forwarding to when he was more involved with the team after the canadian series um down in the east he was he just made the team better like it is mm-hmm. there's no question like in Orlando, I'd say the only like, say we only we only play like ten or fourteen minutes even of good football, including the yeah. six against against Chicago mm-hmm. and probably a little bit against San Jose where we did fairly well. But um, he really revolutionized the team, and we we didn't play good at all in that East stretch at all. We didn't nope. even score in that nope. East stretch. So um, he he really changed the 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 flow of this Whitecaps team uh, midway through the season. So. I think personally, I thought he was going to be the Whitecaps player of the year. Um, I went for Jake Nerwinski, um, but I thought he was going to be like, I didn't think Jake was going to be an outright winner. And I thought like Montero would win it. And I'm still kind of surprised that Montero didn't beat out Ali Adnan for the award. I don't know. I don't know. That's fair. Um, to be fair, I went for Nerwinski as well. Um, but he got the, the Chalk McDonald on the Sun Hero, which mm-hmm. I think is deserved, you know. Mm-hmm, um, sure. he, had, he had a Absolutely. very just solid, consistent year. And that's what you want out of someone who kind of doesn't get as much of the recognition, but you know that the team would have been most likely worse if he either wasn't playing the way he was playing or they had someone else there. So, mm-hmm. and so I'm glad to see him get some recognition at least. For sure. Um, so we know, that, well, we, we know that we don't know Montero's uh, future. Uh, one thing we do know David Milinkovic, his time in Vancouver is no more. And this one's sad. This one, this one kind of stung a little. Um, I was, I think he really sort of found a spot in uh, the Whitecaps lineup during the homestay of those Canadian mm-hmm. series uh, when we were playing the four-three-one-two and the way he kind of had, you know, that sort of free roam ability. You know, I liked him on the wing. We saw him there at the start of the year. He had a very impressive uh, debut against SKC uh, back in February. Um, God, that was in February. <laughs> oh, man. It was Christmas, bro. Holy oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, I, I liked him on the wing, but I really liked him in that sort of free roaming, do what you want, just be impactful sort of role. And that's where he thrived. You know, he had very in- impressive three games uh, in the Canadian series at BC Place. He didn't get as much time, uh, and obviously he got injured uh, down the stretch, closing out the season down in Portland. Um, but yeah, uh, basically, uh, what came out of the Schuster press conference, he wants to play and start. That's his mentality, and he is unhappy if he can achieve that. Both sides have agreed to let him go as a free agent, and he is currently looking for another option. So it was fun. I liked seeing him here. I think he had a lot to, I think if he would have been here for two or three years, I really think he could have impacted this team. Um, obviously, he wasn't alone, and it was going to be a situation of, whether we uh, buy him or let him go at the end of this year. And this year was a trial run. It's difficult when, uh, you know, if you've got one year to prove yourself, half that year you're injured, 
the rest of the time you're in Orlando, then you're in Portland, uh, then you're spending time on the East Coast. It's hard to just get familiar, get, you know, and obviously there's like three months where there was no practices, there was no nothing going on for the team. So it, it's, it's, it was a hard year for him to prove himself and for him to prove his worth to this team. Um, but I just think, I think it's like the Imbalm situation where it just, it seemed like it would work, but it didn't quite. And no one can really point fingers and say, it's your fault, you know, we're mad at you, you got to step this up. I think both parties kind of realized it was close and on paper it looked like it would work. But if, you know, soccer is played on paper, you know, the Whitecaps would be in the, you know, in the playoffs right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sad to see him go. I think he really could have impacted the squad two or three years down the line once you sort of finish this rebuild. And I think he could have been a key pillar in kind of taking us from where we are to where we want to be. I don't think he would have been the guy, but I think he was going to be a good bridge, a good transition player for this time. But uh, like, we, you know, like we said, his time has run out uh, with David Milinkovic in Vancouver. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree. I, I was pretty sad to hear that as well. I mean, he's a nice guy and, you know, he's got his family here as well. He just had a baby this year as well. So um, you feel for him. And I, I really, I, I wanted him to stay, but I think um, – I think what I'm hoping for right now for the Whitecaps is they're doing this for the better. And I'm hoping they described also in the press conference that um, they want a dynamic left-footed winger as well. Yeah. They want to add that for sure. So what I'm hoping is they have um, scouted that out and like evaluated a better option. If there is one, then Malinkovic. Um, if, if that's the case, then I'm all for this move. But at the same time, I asked myself the same question of, wasn't there like a possibility of bringing him back on loan for another year? Like why, why not take the bargain and just like, if, mm. if like nothing works out, just try and keep him here for another year on loan. And um, you know, you bring in that other dynamic winger and then Malinkovic can, you know, have a big effect off the bench or, or something like that. But that's the big thing. He says he wants he says, to yeah. start. Mm -hmm. and, that, and, and that's fair. You know, you want fair. playing time. You want fair. to further, like he, like, you know, no offense to the white caps. But I don't think he kind of had the white caps as like his end point of like where he wanted to get to and like settle. He wants to keep mm -hmm. improving. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's younger than most people think. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's a quality player. We saw it in flashes. Yeah. I and mean, he wants he to was, start. He was really good to watch. I'll yeah. say he was really good to watch. Yeah. Pleasure to watch. I'll miss him for sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess you kind of touched on. Uh, who will be on the Whitecaps uh, Santa list, you know, what we're hoping for this Christmas. Uh, so you said number one, uh, well, not number one, but uh, first off, a left-footed winger, which, you know, it makes sense. You're replacing Malink basically a, a Milinkovic replacement, you know, uh, someone who's creative, nifty, can cross the ball in. Uh, yeah, someone just kind of fits, like, like another Dahomey. If we could get two mm. Dahomeys, one left-footed, I think the Whitecaps would be happy with that situation. I know that they're not going to go out and bring in, you know, you know, some big target name or whatever. That's just, you know, the Whitecaps don't have the appeal of, you know, uh, Miami, LA, New York. You know, we just don't have that in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I do think there's absolutely, there's millions of diamond in the rough sort of players. And especially if uh, this young DP thing uh, kind of works out, I would love to see some young 20, like, a slightly more advanced Ryan Raposo sort of thing. Like if we mm -hmm. got like a, like a Ryan, cause what's Ryan, is he 20 right now Raposo? 
21? Think, 20? I think he's 20, 20. Let's call him 20. If he's 20, I would love to see a 22-year-old Ryan Raposo slot into the lineup right now. A couple mm. of years more developed, maybe a little bit bigger, but that same sort of flashy, technical, uh, versatile type of player. If I would love to just slot him right into the lineup right now. Yeah, for sure. I think I think they're they're definitely going to lean on towards using that young DP spot on that winger. Yeah. Um, and it, it is the perfect spot to do so because, you know, it's a position that really gets the best out of young players at times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I'm really excited to see what they bring in and do with that position. I hope they bring in someone like a Dahomey, mm-hmm. um, someone who, someone like a Rossi, someone like a Rodriguez. I mean, it, that's, oh, that's, a bit far, that's a bit <laughs> far of a stretch, but uh, there's middle ground so, absolutely. someone someone like a Rodriguez because you know he comes him, him and Rossi come from a club in Uruguay called Peñarol which is an absolute huge pipeline for Uruguayan talent and um, an example of that is Federico Valverde who's balling it out for Real Madrid right, right now and um, it someone some someone like that from like a really good you know yeah. academy that's like world-renowned established you know they yeah. they got they got creative flair mm-hmm. uh, attacking flair as well I mean Someone like that would just be perfect. Someone from like a very good academy, I feel. Well, like I mean, hell, really Felipe good. came from Barcelona and he didn't pan out. So, <laughs> um, who? Wait, who? <laughs> Barcelona? Bar- what? No. Um, Barcelona so, are in a shambles right now, too. Oh, you know, one, one league at a time, Sebastian. Um, <laughs> Real Madrid are too. Damn, I mean, you, me- you, you mentioned the you know that it's good to see young players in that position. And, you know, there's competition there. Like, we, there's Ryan Raposo, Theo Baird can slot out to a uh, left mid. I know he's not more of a winger, but Russell Tybert can take, you know. Ali Adnan. Ali Adnan, you know. And we saw what uh, Christian Gutierrez coming into the squad and getting the start. We saw what that did to Ali Adnan and how he elevated his game, realized there was competition. We said, I'm a DP. I want to start. I should be starting. I got to step it up. You know, if we bring in some more competition for that left wing spot, you're going to see, even if he's not starting, Raposo is going to develop. You're going to see Theo Bear develop. Uh, Milinkovic isn't here, you know, but uh, even Freddie Montero, he spent time out on the wing. You know, I, he's going to, you know, be a bit of a veteran in, in the locker room. He's got a brilliant mind. He's one of the smartest soccer players on the Whitecaps. He's got so much to teach these young guys coming up. So I'd, I'd lo- I would, like you said, I'd love to see someone a little younger, but still a little older than maybe Raposo coming into that left mid spot. Um, then, uh, obviously, we don't need to spend more time on this. The, the classic number 10. Uh, I'm making myself sick talking about it. Um, <laughs> if you've listened to literally any episode of the 90 Plus podcast, you'll hear us begging for number 10. And, uh, you know, 10, it's, it's yeah. that simple. Um, I don't think we need to spend more time on that. <laughs> um, and then last... <laughs> no, for sure. Like, we, we, yeah. we just need him. That's all we need to say. Yeah. We just need him. We don't, we don't know who he is, but we need him. <laughs> we need him. <laughs> anyway, and he has to be good. He has to be good. <laughs> it's, it is a shame there's no uh, media game. I would have loved to have tried to audition for that number 10. I think <sighs> I think I could have, you know, I think I could give a real run for some players' money on that team. If I... You know, if I light it up next year, if there's a media game. There's a media I, game, watch out for the 90 you are, plus boys. You are slotting me in at that number 10, and MDS <laughs> is signing me on the spot. On the spot. Um, and then, Phillip, no, uh, no, 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 no. Philip goes, to, goes to Mark, and he's like, hey, I see this guy. He, could, he plays. I see him play. He, he plays. plays he plays. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope, Christ, I hope he plays. He's joining the Whitecaps. I hope he plays soccer. Good God. Um, and then finally, something that we kind of 
didn't realize we needed up until the late stretch of the season. And that's just a little bit more of a secure, versatile number eight, that sort of, uh, you know, Frank Lampard, Stephen Gerrard-esque player in the midfield. And I know, you know, we're not going to bring, you know, Lampard's not coming out of retirement to leave Chelsea to come to the White House, especially when Chelsea's in third place and we've got a game against Tottenham for the top of the league next week. I'm not bragging. I'm just very excited. Um, but yeah, no, I, you know, we're not going to bring someone. Like one, one league at a time, though. One league at a time. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I would just, you know, someone, it's just more old, I think more old fashioned, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like, I've liked Arusu in flashes. I've liked Bikel in flashes. I think between them, one of them is going to make a really good pairing for this number eight. But I do think just a little more old fashioned, uh, sort of a sweeper-esque in the midfield, but can drive forward. Like a, like a Diego Chara. If Diego Chara played on the Whitecaps, we would be in contention for the MLS Cup. And I am not joking. There, we've said it, and Josh Griffith made a very good point at this at the end of episode 31. The Whitecaps, we, you know, obviously there are some unlucky breaks this year for the Whitecaps. Uh, playing in Portland, uh, injuries, uh, selling players at maybe not an ideal time. Uh, you know, it, 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 the White Cat, you know, it, there's talent there. And if everything, obviously, we would have needed some breaks and some luck to go our way. But there was genuinely a brief moment before the season started where you're looking at these, these, some of these names on paper and you're thinking, this team isn't half bad. And I really think if we can bring in, you know, if we can get the best out of either Owusu or Bikel, having one of them start one as like a safety blanket for a, a substitute and pair him with God knows who this number eight is going to be. That, that's an engine room of a midfield because both of us and Bikel can work. They will run and they're going to work their asses off. They're not always the best on the ball. They don't always make the best decisions, but you will struggle to see a player work harder than those two in the middle of the park. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree with you. Like, I, I remember saying this, um, I think when we started the uh, the uh, Portland the Portland trip, um, it, it's it's the question is, does this team have the quality? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they we we know they have, I mean not the quality, but do they have like the the confidence to really show themselves on the pitch? Because we know they have quality. Like I'll, I'll see this Whitecaps team on paper, and I'll say. I, I see quality. Like if every single player on this team gives a, their a hundred percent and their best version of themselves as a player in, in any game, I, I think they can be a really good team. Mm-hmm. And even with the auditions we're talking about right now, that they're um, most likely going to add this off season, you got one really good team. And I, I, I don't want to go far and above and say this team would be a playoff team. If they add all those pieces, obviously we need to see how it works out first and stuff like that. And what these pieces are going to bring, but, they they could be really close to you know cementing you know a fifth a sixth a seventh yeah. eighth spot finish in the West and that's mm-hmm. in a Western conference that's yeah, really that's really tight right now so um, I I think I think it's going to be an interesting off season for sure and probably one of the biggest if not the biggest for the Whitecaps in their MLS history by the way they are celebrating their ten year MLS history yes. next year I'm hoping to see. You know the NHL revert the they released their reverse retro jerseys. Some of them I, I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked it. I liked I, it. I wasn't a huge fan of the Canuck one. I do think that they had better options. That I don't the mm-hmm. gradient jersey of like the early two thousands. It wasn't you know a bright spot for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. It was it's it, it was a weird choice. I do oh, that. I don't know if you've seen it, but that Colorado. And I know this is hockey, but that Colorado jersey. Good lord, is it nice? Crisp white with the Nordiques, like with the with the what's I don't even know what the French like like thing is called at the bottom. <laughs> um, like the logo for the New Orleans Saints. Though that those things. I really like the the Anaheim one. I, I really like that. Oh no, you're kidding! Oh yeah. my god, it looks like, like a '90s comic book character. Oh. <laughs> I like. No, that's not for me. I don't no? know. I, I get what they were going for, like the Mighty Duck sort of thing. Yeah. But I don't know. It looks like the Hulk met like. <laughs> i don't even know what's the what's the donald man? duck it's like the hulk met donald yeah duck. <laughs> yeah like i don't know like that's just that's just not it for me i don't know i, I get what they were going for i just think they missed and by quite yeah hey, anything's better than that maple leaf skit though for sure like oh, that's bad no um, the red uh the islanders is loose the islanders jersey yeah like, no change that was bad that was really bad there was no oh, creativity man. in that all right let's get back to soccer um i think that's kind of a nice little break as we get into uh, kind of how we wrap up this episode. We're going to go through position by position, just kind of talk about what we liked this year, what might be different in 2021, and just kind of give our thoughts and how it's all shaping up. So let's, uh, you know, we went for the this 4-4-2, so we'll stick with that, uh, you know, for the close out the year, so we'll stick with that for now. Um, in that, very interesting situation has involved, because, we, I mean, we went through four goalkeepers this year. Somehow, um, some way. <laughs> somehow, some way. But you know what? We found a fan favorite in Thomas Assal. Like, no one doesn't love that kid. A, you know, a veteran, a strong set of hands in uh, Max Grapeau. Bringing in Evan Bush partway through the year. He really stepped up and fulfilled. Brian Med- Meredith, he only had a couple of games. We never really got him a chance. I feel bad for Isaac uh, Bomer because, you know, he was the only one who we didn't get to see. <laughs> so, you know, maybe next year there'll be a spot for him. Yeah. Actually, no, I not for not, you know, nothing personal. I hope we don't see him that. We can just stick to one keeper throughout the whole year. Um, yeah, no, it's it was interesting. There's um, that goalkeeper situation. Uh, it was an interesting one. Axel Schuster made some interesting comments on that. He said, We'll not, we will not be going into next year with the same goalkeeper group. If Hassal isn't our number one, then he will play somewhere else. He has shown his talents this year and deserves to play. So that's, so we even know our starter is going to be Hassal or Max Kripo, given, you know, we're presuming Kripo is going to be back and healthy. Um, Evan Bush is eating a big cap hit. And we will end up, you know, eat that cap hit for a backup, uh, and plus get rid of Tom because we can't rely on Thomas Assal because he said he's either going to start here or he's gone which would be you know, we we try I, th- I think that's the reason why they they're like saying like oh uh, he deserves to like Hassal deserves to play like the fact that Evan Bush yeah. just gives you that much cap it I think yeah so that's yeah fair enough trying to unload as much as they can um I like Thomas Assal I know you did I know all of Vancouver did I love the guy um, seeing him, you know, come out of MLS's back and just, you know, literally save the Whitecaps uh, in that uh, SKC game, pushing them to a playoffs. I mean, Christ, I mean, they did they finish top of the Western Conference? I'm pretty sure they did, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. SKC finished top, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we took the Western Conference champions to penalty kicks, and, I mean, we talked about some crazy penalty kicks. That one in Orlando definitely wasn't, and I think we will never bring those up again. Oh, no. Um, no. Those... <laughs> Um, hopefully that number 10 can take some penalties God um, but yeah no, it's, um, so it looks like Hassal could be on his way out which is sad I liked him uh, obviously Max Grippo I think he, he gets the start over Evan Bush I don't think there's any debate there 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think it, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch the goalkeeper situation this offseason because at the same time, we don't know what if, what if they're trying to move Kripo? Like, what, just what if? You know what I mean? Like, that's also a possibility we have to think about as well. He could um, easily pack, we could package him in the trade. I, yeah. I, I, again, I like Kripo, sure. but he is a very valuable asset. If we, we could mm-hmm. easily trade him and pick up potentially that number eight, or he could pick up a draft. A, wing, uh, a decent winger, a draft a, pick. You know? Yeah, you know, there's lots of things that, you know, you said a few, uh, a couple months ago, the Whitecaps are a lot more depth than most people realize. And, you know, even if, you know, we're able to dish, if we do, you know, get, you know, keep Hassal, dish out Max Crippo, let Evan Bush just take the cap hit on the bench, you know, we can get something no, sorry for my swearing. We can get something meaty and juicy. For, you know, it's better than ass. God, uh, no, but we can get you know we can get something nice for Max Grappo. And I think I don't want to say the idea of him not being on the Whitecaps in 2021 is off the table. I obviously don't know. I I would love to know what's going on inside some uh, executives' minds right now in the front office. Um, but yeah, no, I I do think that there is a lot of wiggle room and really. Any situation could unfold, and I would not be surprised for the goaltender situation for the Whitecaps. Yeah, I think I think what's most likely going to happen is probably Hassel gets loaned out to like a CPL team or something like that, mm-hmm. or even an MLS team would be like sick to see. But uh, we'll see we'll see what goes on there. It's going to be interesting. One thing I I'm not really a big to, a big fan of is the Evan Bush cap hit. I feel like yeah, it's that's it's, the big it, one. It's, I, I was really puzzled when we signed him. Of course, it was like in, in desperate times, you know, with Hassal and Kripo going out. But I, I'm just kind of <laughs> kind of a little bit iffy on that. I, I think we could definitely use the cap head somewhere else. Um, so that's goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, we like Thomas Hassal. He might be gone. Uh, Kripo might be gone. Bush. I think I think it's weird to say, but I think Bush is maybe the most likely to stay with the White Caps. Somehow, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, whether it's Kripo or Hassal leaving, I'm happy to have either one of them starting. And uh, whoever does make way for the other, we do wish them the best of luck when that time comes. Right back, Jock McDonald, unsung hero, Jake Nowinski. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we, because I mean, we get three DP, young DP spots. I wouldn't be surprised if we bring in the young, you know, sort of similar to what we did with Christian Gutierrez and Aliadman. Just kind of someone to kind of let Nowinski know that his position isn't completely safe and, you know, to keep up these high performances. Just a uh, competition, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Nowinski. He was my vote for the MVP. And I know he was yours too. So I'm presuming we both liked what we saw. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine, you know, barring some weird where we use our DP spot on another defender. Um, he's going to be our go-to right back in 2021. Yeah, I, I, I agree for sure. I think he has to stay in this team. And I think he's probably the one guy who's kind of like 100% safe, like in his yeah. position, like his position is not under like no threat uh, whatsoever. Um, in terms of, I, I would like to see someone brought in to, you know, offer competition for that spot. Because um, I mean, like so right like, now, the only depth we have at right back really is Daniel Bacal. Yeah, and George is Mukumbiwa. All we really have is Daniel Bakel. <laughs> <laughs> but he's uh he's on a he's on an option here, and he hasn't played at all this year, so we'll see yeah. what happens there. Um, someone like a Mo Farsi from uh, Cavalry, uh, who's been getting a lot of hype this year uh, in the CPL. I feel like that would be a really good fit. I'm not sure if he plays right back or left back, but um, we have he, to ask be... Thomas Neff for that one. We're not too, I'm I'm not a CPL guy. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, I think right back, yeah, like you said, I think that's probably the most safe bet for Nowinski to be our returning guy. Mm-hmm. Um, left side of the field, left back, our player of the year, Ali Adnan, which by somehow no one in the media voted for, but he managed to get the MVP. Uh, but you know what? We're not questioning anything. Um, definitely nothing fishy going on in Portland. <laughs> um, no, he's... He, uh, I, you've got to give him credit. And I, I know that I was quite uh, critical of him early in the year, but he really stepped his game up once he realized uh, that his position wasn't safe. Uh, I mean, I, I know we, we talked about this uh, sort of, I think we talked about this earlier, earlier in the year, back in like maybe June or July or something, uh, or maybe one uh, following MLS's back or something. But um, yeah, I, I don't know, just like he's always been the guy at left back. And there's just been no competition for him, similar to Nowinski at right back. Uh, brought in Christian Gutierrez. I love the guy. I think he had a great year. Um, I think he's got a big future with this. I mean, he's, he's 21, I'm pretty sure. Um, 21, yeah. He's, he's, got, he's young and he's got – I think he's – I think this might be sound strange, but I think he's our best young player. And I know I might be a little biased because I've openly said that I think he's a fantastic player. And I think that if he keeps trending and growing the way that he has, I think he's going to have a big role to play. Uh, in the coming years of this Whitecaps team. Um, and he's Canadian national. Player. And he's Canadian national. El- eligible, yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I do think, you know, he, Ali Annan's the MVP. He, he stepped his game up when he needed to. And I think that's a big characteristic for the Whitecaps. I know that uh, uh, Axel Schuster said that they want to find someone to come in this team with character. You know, they want, obviously it'd be nice. Yeah, they want people with quality that fit the system, but the big thing for them is that they have character. They want to fight. They want to win. They weren't so sure about Ali Adnan halfway through the year, but once he lost his spot, he, you know, he, he fought hard in training. He won that spot back and he made it his own. He won MVP. He might win goal of the year. You know, the second half of the year from Ali Adnan, you know, Hats off to him. He deserved that. And I, I, I do think that he deserved the MVP given on, you know, the fight and the kind of the battle he sort of had with Gutierrez. But again, I do think that he, Ali Adnan will be our starting left back in 2020. I mean, I think it, I, I, I don't have a quote on me, but I, they said something about Ali Adnan uh, will be on the team in, in 2021. There's kind of rumors and like people are saying like, should they move him, open up that DP spot? But no, it looks like he's going to be uh, our guy for the next little while, especially next year. Yeah, I think I think going back to what I said a couple of weeks ago, I would have liked to see him kind of get sold because, like, we he kind of has that market value right now. He just got Whitecaps Player of the Year and stuff like that. You could get, like, decent money for him and transfer under where the Whitecaps are going to need a lot of cap, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say Whitecaps are going to need a lot of cap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no cap. Um, but but the thing, sorry, it's starting to interrupt. The thing for me, mm. I know it's hockey again, but the Canucks, they just sold uh, and traded away Jacob Markstrom. Back to back years, he's been the team MVP. He stole a lot of games against tough opposition for them. I know Ali Adnan hasn't stolen any games uh, for us this year, but you know, he's the team MVP. I, I just think he, if he, if he would affect the marketing. For sure. I, think the market, I don't know. I just think that uh, while I like Gutierrez and I think he's ready to start. I think having someone like Ali Adnan, who's, I mean, he captained um, Iran uh, the other day. Iraq. <laughs> My apologies. Um, <laughs> he, 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 he is Iraq. Why did I think of him? I don't know. 
Um, yeah, no, he, he, he captained Iraq the other day. He scored yeah. another and he nice scored, goal yeah. there. Um, I just think it's good for Gutierrez to have that sort of mentorship and leadership in the position above him. And it gives mm-hmm. him something he wants to achieve. You know, he says, I want, you know, I want to beat the team MVP. I want to get that spot. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't, I just think it's, it gives a bad look for the club to give away, you know, whether, it, whether you know, even if it does mm-hmm. open up a GP spot, whether we do get a nice trade out of it, I just think it sends a, it's a bad look for the club. Like, here's our best player and he's gone, you know? Like, mm-hmm. we're rebuilding. We have, like, a couple of, like, good, you know, good beast pieces to build around. Let's trade one of them away. He was our best player this year. I get that he has market value and I know that we can get stuff for him, but I just think it's a bad look right now for the white cap. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can afford to do that. So. Yeah, you, you took the words out of my mouth. Like I was about to say, like the the, the <laughs> not, way to go, way to go. Girl. Um, but he, he just offers so much on like the marketing side, and every time you go on Instagram, on Twitter, on any cap social media, there's tons of Iraqi fans just commenting, Ali Adnan, best player, mm-hmm. Ali Adnan, Iraq flag, Iraq flag, all that stuff, and that's big for the Whitecaps. If you're if you're the marketing team on the Whitecaps, you absolutely love to see it. So um, I think. As much as I would like for the Whitecaps, you know, to use that DP spot somewhere else and, uh, you know, gain some some money from that move, I think I, I'm not – I don't see it happening this offseason. Like, there's no chance they just give away um, one of their best players on the marketing side and pull a Canucks, honestly. Like, as you <laughs> said, I'm still – I'm still, like – I don't even know what to say from the Jacob Markham trade. I'm just – Let's just say the Canucks are not going to win as much as they did last year just because of that trade. You heard it here. When the Canucks win the Stanley Cup in 2021, I'm going to come back and clip this. Uh, (laughs) um, What's the new new goaltender they brought in? Holtby from the Capitals. Stanley Cup winner. You know, he's done it before. He can do it again. The man's got two tortoises. Have you heard heard that story about the tortoises? Not yet. He's He's crossing the border trying to join his teammates, and he's being held out for like two days. Uh, because he has two pet tortoises that didn't get clearance to enter the country. And so for like two days, he was stuck in like an office trying to like get like his tortoises allowed into the country. So you're telling me he saves pucks and also tortoises? Bruh, I mean, the man really does it all. Um, oh, okay. okay, let's revert. You know, back to White Cats. Back to White Cats. Let's finish <laughs> off the defense at least. Center backs. This is an, an, another interesting spot. Uh, you know, Andy Rose, great player. Just, just before we get into it. Oh dear. Jasper Kamiri's out. He's he's out. He's he's Yeah, yeah. He, if he's if it out. wasn't if it wasn't clear, he 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 should be gone. He um, has to be gone. <laughs> he has to be. Um <laughs> wow. Um yeah, no, he um <laughs> I think he's probably the safest bet to say he won't be the starting uh part of the parting starting pairing, gosh, um for twenty twenty one opening day. Um yeah, so Yasser, I mean he just yeah, he, Apart from the first, like, two games, uh, maybe a little bit of MLS is back. It was a while ago. I can't remember. He, you know, he wasn't getting minutes. Uh, you know, it's tough to prove yourself if you're not getting playing time. So, um, yeah, no Yasser Kamiri, most likely. So, that leaves us with Eric Godoy, Ranko Veselinovic, who is now a white cap. We, uh, we got the 12-game purchase option. So, it's Godoy, Veselinovic, Rose, and Cornelius. Four good players for two spots. This is going to be a fun ba- This is going to be, okay. I hate to say this. And I don't know how this is going to shape up. But for some weird reason, a part of me thinks Andy Rose won't be back with the team next year. 
I love the guy. Yeah. I think he's on, he, he's, on a, he's on an option this year as well, so it's going to oh, be something he? that the Whitecaps and oh. yeah, he, it's something okay. the Whitecaps are going to be announcing fairly soon. So we'll yeah. see about oh. that. Look at me. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Well, that makes my talk a whole lot easier. Cornelius, I think we were all really impressed with the way he developed and grew from last year. I don't think anyone was expecting as big a jump from last year to this year. He rebounded uh, so well from that SKC very game. Well. I, I was giving him a lot of slack in that SKC game, saying mm-hmm. I just don't want to see him for the rest of the year. Him and Yasser Kamiri, you know, we need to find other options. I said I preferred Kamiri to Cornelius. God, I wish I could retract that statement. Um, you can yeah, still, you can still retract it. <laughs> yeah, that's episode like three, bro. That's that's going way back. You can take um, it back. You can be like, I, I can take it back. back. I can't get rid of it. Um, I, yeah. I, I can take it back. I, Cornelius, he had a very strong showing. I think he was, he he was one. I, he easily could have been my my best player. MLS is back. He had a great tournament. Um, he didn't get as many minutes coming down the stretch once uh, Eric Godoy re- uh, returned an injury and found form. Uh, once Ranko kind of, it looked like, it, once the Whitecaps realized they wanted to keep Ranko around, obviously they had to get to the 12 games, so he got, got quite a few minutes. Um, yeah, I think Ranko, I don't want to say he regressed and that he slowed down his growth, but I just think that he's, I don't know, it's hard to say. And we've said this he just before. has like iffy moments, like where he kind of just Very iffy. comes out of comes out of focus or something. Yeah, uh, I think one of those moments that I can recall from the last game against LA Galaxy was, I think it was maybe a pass from Legette or or Pavon through the seam, and he was trying to pass it to Chicharito, and it was evidently clear that Ranko was going to get there. Like, I, I <laughs> if I was a betting man, I'd put money on it for him to get the ball and he did somehow he didn't get the ball and it goes to Chicharito and Chicharito forces a save out of Bush but um I think I think it's just iffy moments that Ranko has and um I I, I'm gonna be honest I do prefer Ranko over Cornelius Mm -hmm. because I haven't we haven't at times we have seen Cornelius in a back four but most of the games where the Whitecaps have lost and Cornelius has started, it's been a three-man back line or a five-man back line. Yeah. He's better in a four-man back line. Mm-hmm. So I do want to see um, Cornelius start in a four-man back line beside Godoy. Yeah. See what he can offer there. He's obviously left-footed, so that's a plus because he can build out of the back better than Ranko can because because he can just fill in that left, mm-hmm. left back uh, center back spot. So um, I – that's what I want to see, but I think for now I want to stick with the partnership of Ranko and Godoy. Okay. Just, just go back to your point of, of Ranko. Just go back to your point. Yeah, um, I, I think the, a big selling point for Ranko is his leadership. I mean, he's 22 or 23, and he's uh, he was the captain at his old club back in Serbia. You know, he's very vocal. Uh, you can hear it on the TSN broadcast. You know, he's very you know he very uh, very good with kind of communication with his play- defenders and goalkeeper. But I mean. Now, and that was in a time where you've got Thomas Assal in net with uh, Derek Cornelius, uh, maybe Christian Gutierrez instead of Ali Adnan, uh, you know, and then Eric Godoy comes back. Then you bring in a veteran in Evan Bush. Ali Adnan finds form and he starts to really kind of assert himself and he's becoming more of a leader in the, in the locker room. His leadership, I don't want to say... It, it diminished, but I think it became less valuable just because Eric Godoy, who's been at the club for a few years now, 
he came back from injury. Evan Bush, who's been in the league for many years now, he's he joined the squad. Al Yadnan, he kind of found his voice in the team. So I just think that his biggest quality suddenly became less important. And that kind of I think that almost took a knock on his confidence that people weren't listening to him as much as maybe when he first joined the team. Uh, my, my partnering, oh, excuse me. My partnering would be uh, Cornelius and uh, Godoy game one, but you know, that's months away, you know, you know, lots, <laughs> a lot, believe me, a lot can happen between now True. and then. Yeah. Um, Especially in a world like this where everything's really unpredictable. Yeah. Uh, right mid, Dahomey. Dahomey. Slow the start homie. to the year. Again, another player I was critical of. Uh, and we, we've all heard the story about his family and how he wasn't able to see them for many months and a couple of times he was trying to get them out to Vancouver. Uh, finally did. And it seemed like, you know, as soon as his family was here, you know, he went off. He was a fantastic player the second half. Of this. He, was, he, he was my most – he was the player I most enjoyed watching in the second half of the year. I know kind of Baldy popped off. Montero, you know, was, was playing well. Uh, Cavallini was scoring goals, but the Dahomey's work ethic was great. His ability on the ball was great. His movement was good. His uh, passing really improved. His uh, you know mentality even improved. So, I, I, I you know most likely again um, anything can happen, but Dahomey's got to be our guy for the next couple of years at right mid. I, I if he keeps playing the way he played the second half of the year, I'm gonna fall in love with that guy. <laughs> nice nice um but but yeah I, I i agree with you and i think he he gets himself into so many nice spots like he makes really good runs um and i really do think he can become with a full season uh well i mean a pandemic written season uh at that mm-hmm. um but i think in a full season of mls you know where he's finally settled in his family settled in and uh he kind of knows the league a little bit more now um I think he's going to be a real threat. And you saw his array of passing. Like, he's really good at just, like, whipping that ball in the box and getting some good service in there. Um, he, I think he sh- he's a player that should have had more assists than he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't mean that in any negative way. I think he's just mm-hmm. – he's a guy that can really put some numbers on the board in that category. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think he's going he's gonna to be our guy for quite a while here. And uh, I'm happy to see what he did this year. He was um, – Probably one of the more consistent players, I'd say, second mm. half of the season for sure. Um, we've already talked quite a bit about the left mid spots. So I think we can kind of pass over that as we get a little short for time here. Center mids, I don't want to take credit for this, um, but I do think I, I, I kind of I did some research at the time. I can't remember when this. I think this was right after MLS is back, um, before the Canadian. Like when we didn't know what the next kind of part of the season was going to look like before the Canadian series we recorded. And I kind of said the Russell Tybert's days with the Whitecaps, at least in the starting lineup is very limited. And I know he found a spot out at left mid once Milinkovic went down with injury. Raposa wasn't fully developed yet. Uh, so they kind of, he kind of found a home and they didn't really like Adnan that far up the field. So he kind of found a home out at left mid. But I mean, at center mid, you've got Owusu, and Bikel, two players, and I've said this already in this episode, between them, they form a very, very good player. They've kind of got strengths and weaknesses. They don't all, they're not always putting in solid performances. Sometimes they kind of miss the ball a little bit. Um, but between them, you know, one of them is going to put in a good showing. Uh, and then, you know, we're bringing in this number eight. Uh, Russell Tybert's getting older. We're looking to bring in number 10. Uh, 
Andy Rose has experience in that sort of holding midfield position as well. We didn't really see him. I, I, don't, I don't think at all we saw this year, but he's got experience there. Russell Tybert, we club legend. You can't deny that. But I just think, I, I just think once we bring in this left mid, we bring in this number eight, I, I don't know where he fits in. And given, you know, I know there's been talk about the 4-3-3, uh, I'd love to see that next year. I think we get that left-footed winger. We get that number 10 between Bikel slash Awusu and whoever this number eight is. Beautiful midfield trio. There's no room for Russell Tybert. And that's how I see my midfield lining up next year. Either Bikel Awusu, uh, this number eight, this number 10. Uh, and yeah, there's, I, there's just no room for Tybert, which is unfortunate, but it's the truth. Yeah, I think he. I think he's going to see very limited game time next year. Um, obviously, depending on who we bring in and stuff like that. But I think he's going to be on the bench for most of the time. He's not going to get and as many know, starts. You know what? He's got a real Breck Shea vibe about him right now. I don't know if it was that last game with the man bun. And there's a. I mean, he tried. What was he? He tried something really cheeky. He shot from a bad angle, or he tried to chip the keeper, or something. Oh, he he volleyed it. Yeah, he volleyed it from distant. It was something like that. And you know, he's he kind of looked at. It was a, it was a good it was a good shot to me. It was a good him. shot, and, yeah. but you know, he's he kind of looked at he looked at the camera and he kind of smiled. And in that split second, I just saw a flash of like Breck Shea's face, and I'm just like, oh no, like in the nicest way possible. It's just not going to work out past this year i don't i mean we we pay unless him. someone gets injured next year like unless, again, kill falls down injury i think i can see tybert obviously slotting into the lineup but yeah plus also I, michael baldissimo another player that we haven't talked at all about in this episode strong showing this year he's fighting for a spot in the lineup so i don't know i just think tybert's getting further and further down the uh down the depth chart and he there's nothing he can do about it and you, I, I don't, I'm not sure if, I think you mentioned it, but you added Baldy to that equation as well. Mm-hmm. And Baldy, who's, I think right now, he's probably above the depth chart on Tiber, considering I would how, say so. how effective impact, he is yeah. at changing. And an impact, the impact he makes is insane. So um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a crazy year for the midfield, for sure. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I think. Awusu really came to his own uh, in the last little bit. I, I was a really big fan of him mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of the season. Um, I think he had his best performance in a Whitecaps jersey in the in the second to last game against, or the, was it second? I don't even remember now. It's, um, the game yeah. the game against Portland, the one no loss against Portland, the the yeah. one the nail in the Whitecaps coffin. Yeah, the nail in the Whitecaps coffin. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he was really good in that game, and I really want to see him develop and continue showing us that passing uh, that he's, we know he's capable of. He's got a really good passing array of passing. So um, we'll, we'll see what he gets on to. And a lot of talent comes out of the Ghanaian league. Uh, Latif Blessing comes to mind. Um, I know there's many of others that I haven't mentioned. Harrison Offal, I think he came from there as well. Um, so many, so many good players from the Ghanaian league. So I think we're yet to see the full potential the f- and the yes. full best version of Awuzu, but I think I think he'd be really good for this team next year if he finds a finds a rhythm and he can really show what he's capable of for sure. And finally, as we wrap up episode thirty-two, um, the shout out Johnny Bikel as well. Johnny Bikel was really yeah, good. absolutely mm-hmm. um, a player who a lot of people almost forgot about 
Uh, I mean, he came in right before the Ali Galaxy game. He had a great showing, locking up Pavon. Uh, and then obviously the, seat, the pandemic happened. And, you know, a lot of people kind of forgot he was on the roster. Um, <laughs> and he showed up at MLS's back and put in decent shit. Was he at, was he, was he at MLS's? Mm. I could be talking about I think he was... I think he was injured for MLS's back. That, yeah, that's it. That's it. He was injured because he had a, he had that nibbling injury, and that, oh, it, yeah, there that, was like he, there was like question whether he'd like ever like play for the Whitecaps yeah, again. It, and then he finally showed up in that last game against BC Place. Against BC Place, oh wow! No, at, at BC. Place. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah. No, he. Yeah. He. He was. He was a nice kind of. A little bit of a shot in the arm, you know, a bit more energy in the mm-hmm. midfield half. And that was, you know, in the Canadian stretch, we didn't look good. We played brutally on the East Coast. So, you know. And those are, those are the games you have to play well in as well against the Canadian rivals. I mean, it's, yeah. it was embarrassing to say the least. Yeah. To be fair, Montreal didn't even win a playoff game this year. So, how good even are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Uh, finally, uh, we've got the strikers. Big man, Lucas Cavallini, you know, slow start, a couple of missed pens to open the year. Finished with seven goals, I do believe. Uh, I think I think it was five before the last game. We got two in the last game. So, yeah, seven. I think it was... Well, you fact check, I'll talk. I'll um, fact check, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Lucas Cavallini... Six goals, six goals. <laughs> oh, damn, my bad. Um, both of us were wrong. Um, yeah, um... Yeah, obviously, it took a little while for him to get going, but once he did, he was a fun player, you know. It, there was a stretch, you know, a two- or three-game stretch where, you know, we were saying, that's Cavallini's best game for the Whitecaps. Now this one was. Now that, you know, he felt, there was a couple of game stretches there. Uh, that 2-1 win over Real Salt Lake in Real Salt Lake comes to mind. Um, a great performance by him. That last game against the Galaxy, he was just having fun, you know, and it, it, it just looked – everything was clicking – you know, him and Dahomey were linking up. Montero was a great player in there. Uh, he was benefiting from the passing of Baldissimo. Uh, I mean, even, um, oh, God, I think it was, I think it was Eric Godoy. He was strung a number of long passes uh, from time to time down in Portland from the center-back spot. So, yeah, Cavallini, you know, I think there's no way we can deny he's most likely going to be our go-to striker in the next year. I'd, I'd love to see um some sort of uh play like a, a saint ricketts-esque sort of player where it's like uh that's sort of like he's not going to be pushing for a starting spot but he can be impactful off the bench i'd love to see theo bear get a little bit more playing time i know i've kind of converted you this year to join the theo bear hype train um and yeah, rightly you know, so rightly so rightly so um yeah i don't know i think theo bear's got a huge future ahead of him and i think he's in a similar boat as baldy as gutierrez where while he might not be starting, he's very impactful once he plays. And in those minutes, he, every time he plays, he looks good. And, you know, it's those 15-minute appearances, those 12-minute appearances, 24-minute appearances. Now, over time, they'll add up. They'll add into starts. And, you know, I, I think it's only a matter of time before this kid catches fire. Um, I'm, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's our backup striker next year. If he comes on before to St. Ricketts, before, you know, I don't think we're in the market to look for another striker. We might be. I'm not too sure. I can't remember if Schuster said anything about another striker, but I don't think so. Um, I, I think Theo Bear is our number two. And I think he's going to be, I think him and Lucas Cavallini, they, they complement each other very well. And we saw that at the Canadian games at BC Place, not against BC Place. Um, we saw the way they linked up together and it looked good. And you know, I, I just think that he's a very solid number two striking option for the Whitecaps. Yeah, and 
to to be fair to him, obviously he was he, he progressed so much this year uh, compared to 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just such a beast this year. Honestly, whenever he got into the field, uh, I, I I really loved that goal that we got to see against Montreal at BC Place. That was awesome. a really good goal. Yeah. Um, and special shout out to Milinkovic there because he got a brilliant assist on that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I almost thought of that game as a win, just because of that goal. Somehow, like every time I go back and like think about that game, um, the Theo Bear goal. Obviously, we get to see Montreal just like score. We just got to see a lot of goals as well, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, in a pandemic written season, um, mm-hmm. and then we have the experience. Obviously, after you guys have heard that story before with Jake and Toss and and how the they almost department. crashed into us. I was close. <laughs> I was like. 80% not at fault there in that, <laughs> in that damn near incident. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was a great game. And I always think back to that goal. It was such a nice goal to see. Um, and Theo Bear is going to be a really big force. He, he has, I think, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think he had the highest expected goals number for any Whitecap striker this season. Oh, I'm, I'm oh, expected goals is a gray area for me. <laughs> um, yeah, those, I think he did. I think he had head. a really, if not, if he didn't have the highest number, I know he had a really high number because there were times in the season where he would come on and get like a D, like he'd get a shot where the Whitecaps had not like shot during the entire game. Well, I mean, and was he would it, like was at it, least it like, put it on target. I mean, even that Gal- that LA Galaxy, that 1-0 loss that, you know, would prove to be pretty fatal. Um, mm. He, I mean, the Whitecaps were brutal that entire game. He came on, and I know it was off a set piece and that could have been anyone, but you know, mm. the ball fell to his foot. He had a shot. That was the Whitecaps. But the thing game. is, it falls to him because of his physicalness. Like his, yeah, he's, his what, strength as well. He's 6'4 and... I mean, I don't know how much he weighs. He's a he's a big guy out there. He's a big guy, he's, and he's got the pace as well too. Uh, another another quick. chance that another chance that comes to mind is the one against SKC and MLS's back, uh, where it just goes near. It deflects off yes, of yes, an yes, SKC yes, yes, player, yes. and it goes narrowly wide. Yeah. Um, so if if like we're talking here, this guy could actually have like probably three, four goals this season. But mm-hmm. just because he was so unlucky, um, he he didn't grab those goals, but. I think it's going to be a big 2021 season for Theo Bear for sure. Uh, as for the other strikers, Cavallini, uh, I think he progressed a lot. At the end of the day, he uh, he had really good performances, um, but he also achieved the same number of goals he was getting uh, in a season at Me- in Mexico with uh, Puebla. Yeah, it was Puebla. So even during a pandemic written season as well. So it it's pretty impressive the fact that he was able to do that and the Whitecaps were kind of not – their best in attack this season as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I think there's definitely more room for I wouldn't say improvement, but he can he's another player that can definitely reach even bigger heights. And I think he's a guy that can probably reach even double digit goals next year. Double you know what? I really like that take. And there's so, I'm telling you, there's something about hey, Theo did. Bear. He's exciting. He's a mm-hmm. little bit different. He's clinical. He's, he's Canadian. He's Canadian. So <laughs> I'm t- also, speaking of Canadians, as we wrap up this episode, Alfonso Davies, number three in the race for the Golden Boy. I think he... I, early I went Howell, to high school. I went to high school with that guy. <laughs> bro, sell that flex, bro. Sell it while you can. Um, Erling Haaland, I, I, don't, I think he was the shoe-in. Uh, I, I, yeah. I think Ansu Fatty... I don't know. I think Davies maybe should have eked. I, you know, obviously, you know. If, I mean, uh, Bayern Ricky, Ricky Barca Bobby, you know, Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. But 
I don't know. I think I think Fonzie may have been robbed of second place. Yeah. Bayern how- Bayern beat Barca eight two. I don't know if that counts into effect the fact that Fonzie even got like a world class. He probably got the best assist in that game as well too. So. <laughs> True. I mean, but to be fair, I do have both Ansu Fati and Alfonso Davies in my ultimate team. So maybe it's good that they you know they're two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that is going to wrap up our sort of season ending sort of opening of the off season sort of episode here number 32 um i'm really glad glad to be back amongst it you know as i said at the start of the mm-hmm. podcast it's been 11 days since we last did one of these and uh it's it's such a big part of the week honestly especially yeah, during a fun. pandemic it's it fun it's really fun and yeah. I, I think it's definitely one of our best episodes, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's always fun. It's always oh, a good it's time always fun. on the mic. Mm-hmm. It's, and you know what? I, I don't want to kind of point fingers or end this episode on a sour note. <clears throat> Excuse me. But <laughs> we didn't have a Whitecaps game to talk about. Yeah. And I don't want to <laughs> say that's why it went well and that's why we had fun. But, I mean, we've had some depressing, slow, low-energy episodes coming off of, you know, <laughs> just like – bad losses and six nil loss six nil loss a couple of games mls has been you know when we went to the east coast you know we we've we've had some low the the east coast was just the worst part of this it's that stung that really stung killing any momentum we gained off mls's back Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, guys, as always, we do thank you. We are 32 episodes strong. Uh, got a lot more coming. Uh, hoping to have uh, maybe the BTS guys will reach out to them in a couple of days, see if they want to uh, join us to do a sort of a roundtable. We went on uh, the third sub podcast a few weeks ago. That was a that was a fun episode. Uh, even though you know, go check. It li- out. Might be a little bit dated, but still, it was a fun time. So go check it out on there. Sam and Alex, great guys. So we're gonna uh, return the favor. Uh, and try getting them on in the next couple of days or so now that Sebastian's feeling better. Um, also, a little bit of personal news. Um, I've got a bit of an announcement to make. Uh, I know it's late in the pod, and I know we're just kind of wrapping up here, but I do, I'm proud of myself and how I'm going to brag about it. And no one Gas them up. Gas them um, up. I am, currently, I am currently in training right now. I want to run a marathon uh, in 2021. Uh, I, want to do, I turned 21 in September, so I want to do something big before I turn the big 2-1. Uh, the plan was Vegas, but the borders don't look like they're going to be open. So, you know, a marathon, I'll have to settle for that. So I'm in training. I'm loving it. Uh, I'm on a bit of a health kick right now. Um, I'm ignoring the Jack Daniels that's still on my desk from when we recorded with Josh last, two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. It's, just, it's been fun so far and it's got a long way to go. But, you know, I'm, I'll keep you guys posted every now and then on the, how that's coming along. In the meantime, big, big ups, man. Big ups. We're, thank we're, you. I appreciate we're, it. We're with you the whole way of the road and uh, expect us to cover that in whatever shape yeah. or form uh, when <laughs> so, we get to the marathon. Yes, sure. sir. Um, but as always, guys, you know, whether you're doing marathon training of your own, uh, we are always. Hit on, me up. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, as always, the Nine Plus podcast is on, uh, on, on Spotify and SoundCloud. We're on Twitter at 90 plus podcast. You can find myself and Sebastian's personal at Twitter's from there at Rigetti Ben and at Sebastian P74. 32 episodes strong and we've loved every second. We can officially now say when we're both sober that the white cap season is over and that the off season has arrived. And we got a season under our belt of covering we, the white caps. That is true, guys. We do really want to thank you for all of, you know, you guys listen to our episodes, you read our writings 
we, me and myself and Sebastian, we've uh, experienced a lot of personal firsts this year, uh, covering this team, going to the games, meeting the players, coaches. Uh, you know, this podcast has been so much fun. Every episode, even, you know, the game. It's been sick, bro. It has been sick. It hasn't been asked. Had to get it one last time. It has <laughs> not been asked, this podcast. Um, no, yeah, for real, guys, we do appreciate all the support. As we have officially can say, we've covered a season of the White Caps, which is always fun. Uh, gonna keep you know keep grinding a big off season ahead of us for the white caps and for 90 plus uh, so stay tuned check the twitter every now and then for updates um, but yeah as always i am ben rigetti i am joined by sebastian Pereira. this has been episode 32 of the 90 plus podcast till next time peace